Welcome back to the Thrones Be That Game podcast. This is Raven. I'm filling in for Daryl this week since he is away on business in New York. Um, Although I did talk to him earlier to get some of his thoughts on the show and they're just as crazy as ever. But Scott and I will be doing this without him today with a few guests. We have Obadiah Miles. Say what's up, Obadiah. How you guys doing? First time contributor. All right. Welcome. I think Obadiah has also read the books. This is true. So so he will be offering uh, a unique perspective from somebody who's read the books and has been enjoying this series as long as we all have. And then we also have Keith Harris, who has joined us on another podcast, the the Untitled Movie Review Podcast. And he's hopped over here onto the Game of Thrones podcast. What's happening? Keith is a self-proclaimed Game of Thrones amateur, but I'm sure he has great thoughts. Great feedback. All right. And in the background, we got Shay again. (laughs) Also known as one of the members of the Johnson family from the review last week. All right, so let's just jump right in. Overall thoughts. I, I mean, from the reviews I've read, there's been mixed thoughts on uh, these, this episode. There's only six this whole season. There were some people wanting more. There were some people that thought that there was a lot. Some people thought it was focused on character development. What did you all think, Scott? Well, the first thing I noticed was that it was way shorter than I expected it to be. Uh, only 54 minutes of runtime, I believe. Uh, I was expecting around 80 to 90 minutes of runtime for each episode, so I was really disappointed that episodes one and two would both be under 60 minutes. And then uh, because of that, I was disappointed that we didn't really get any interaction with the White Walkers. I thought that there was a sense right. of urgency and pacing that was lost, uh, spending a whole one-sixth of the season just doing the introductions uh, while that, those were, I thought, thoughtful and, 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 and nice to see and great aha moments. Um especially the one with Bran and Jamie. Um, mm-hmm. I thought right. that we kind of wasted a little bit too much time and spent too much time uh, doing those uh, you know, reintroductions and uh, meetings because, like I said, it's so much valuable time that's spent on screen to get to the war and then the, the resolution of it. But overall, I'd say I'd give the episode uh, six, I'm sorry, seven out of ten. Okay. Okay. Obadiah? Yeah, I'd have to agree with Scott. I'd probably give it about a seven out of ten as well. Uh for as long as we had to wait, I thought that we were going to get a lot more in, you know, a lot more action. And so that's what I kept, you know, anticipating, but it but it didn't happen. And I'm okay with that in, in retrospect. When I had time to sit back and think about what actually um, was done, what was said, it, it's kind of setting us up for the uh, for future episodes. You know, to, to, uh, to Scott's point, the, the, the brand and, and, and Jamie interaction, that's what... Uh, that's going to be my WTF moment, so. Yeah, for me, you know, I'm a novice, but, I mean, like time said, I think it was a little bit of a dysfunctional family <coughs> reunion setup. So, like Scott kind of said, they spent a lot of time introducing all these storylines, but for me, I wanted some action. So, I'll wait to see what happens on season, episode two. Your thoughts? Yeah, initially after watching it, I wanted a little bit more, but after watching it, three times since mm-hmm. watching it the first time on Sunday. There actually, it was packed with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, while nobody died um, mm-hmm. other than the, the young man whose I'm for, name I'm Lord forgetting. Umber. Yes, Lord Umber. Um, it, he was the only significant person to die in this episode. Um, I wasn't so bothered by the lack of that. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that we as the audience already know, but there was a lot of the introductions that had to have happened. There, I mean, most of these characters have never shared a scene together. Um, you know, in the last seven years, and now we have them all in one place, and that had to be built up. 
Um, you know, we all obviously know about John's true uh, lineage, but he had to find that information out, and that and I and, and that had to be packed in there. Um, we had to figure out where everybody was, you know, since we last saw them a year and a half ago. So I, I think the setup was necessary. Um, but like Brand said, you know, we don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, let, let's move it along. And I think that they, they did as much as they could in the first episode while keeping it interesting. Um, and and I, I actually think that there was enough uh, in this episode for me anyway. Although I do want to see more and I wish that the ep next few episodes would be longer. Um, I think the episode two is also going to be 60 minutes. Yeah. And then the next four episodes are going to be, what, an hour and a half? Oh, uh, yeah, 80, close to 82 minutes. Okay, yeah. So, and then I know episode three is going to be when the war starts. So, um, I'm actually kind of expecting to see more of the same in episode two. Mm -hmm. Some more character development, some more reunifications and introductions. Um, but I think it's necessary for the plot development. I think we're just disappointed as an audience because we know how much, li how little time we have left. Yeah. I, one of the, uh, I think one of the things I noticed, uh, particularly in the beginning, that introduction scene where we have the young boy run to see the marching army come into Winterfell, mm -hmm. and then they switch to Arya's perspective, and Arya sees, uh, you know, John and Daenerys, and then she sees the Hound, and then she sees Gentry uh, come in. I, I understand exactly what the director was doing in that moment, but I thought he wasted an opportunity to make it more profound. Mm -hmm. You know, showing it from Arya's perspective kind of made it all seem kind of small and mundane. Now, admittedly, it's the first of six episodes, so maybe they're building something to a, a more grandiose crescendo, but I thought we really had an, op, uh, an opportunity to make it a, re a real grand entrance and to juxtapose the grandness of you know the moment that's happening now in season eight versus what happened in season one when uh, Robert came to Winterfell in, in the first episode. Now, I, I, obviously, you can see the tiebacks and the, yeah. the the nods to that, but I think that they kind of missed the opportunities to make it much more of a grand moment. How do you think they could have done that? Well, I thought they could have they could have done a lot more tighter close up shots. Or uh, maybe even some more overheads to give you a sense of scale of what was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, you know, putting us in the perspective of the crowd, I thought it lessened it because as the viewer, we know the stakes now. Yeah. We know what's happening. We know that they've already broken through the wall, even though at that moment, I don't think D Danny and uh, John knew that they'd already uh, broken through the wall. So the audience has a, a greater sense of urgency and scale than the characters do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that shooting it so the audience get get that sense of urgency and excitement and you know and and, and, and and danger would have been a more effective way to shoot that scene. Go ahead, okay. So what I thought about is, you know, the the little boy is the first thing that you see uh when the episode starts, right? And it brought me back to, you know, season one, I guess it was episode one. And Brand when he was a young kid, he was always running, you know, through climbing, people yeah. and he was climbing, exactly. Mm -hmm. That that that's the only thing I was gonna add there that, you know, that kind of you know that little kid running through the uh through the crowd and climbing the trees just like brand i mean there was a just like you said in, in season one when robert baratheon came to, to to winterfell same thing with brand as a little kid climbing and such yeah go ahead i mean i don't know i just for me i just didn't, didn't understand why it had to be so light and flowery like why did john have to fly on the dragon was that necessary <laughs> <laughs> i think that's going to be significant later on yeah. Well, the other thing that during that particular uh, scene was the uh, the reaction that all the people from the north had when they saw uh, Masandi and Grey Worm from the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, with it being a very cold, very 
uh, a place that doesn't get a whole lot of sunlight, a lot of melanin. You know, seeing right. them for the first time, right. it they was were scared like, of the black right. right. They were like, "Well, what's what's going on here?" I mean, the white walkers are fine; they're still white, but there were these black people. Right. <laughs> Why can't yeah. they be black walkers? Well, I mean, I think they they tried to clean it up uh, after that because it wasn't just a reaction to them being black people in this town. John then says to Danny, "You know, Northerners don't warm up." Was that to coded foreign, language? To foreigners. Yeah, I mean, we can have like a whole diversity and inclusion conversation about it. I'm sure there was an extra, you know, side eye from a Sunday and, and Grey Worm, but. Speaking of side eye, mm-hmm. Sansa's side eye to Danny was Ooh. the was Maxine Waters level yeah. of side eye. Like that was, yeah. that was quite frigid. Right. That was frigid. Yeah, like don't come in here trying to placate me and compliment me with your cute mm. white coat that I need in my closet <laughs> and telling me I'm beautiful and my land is beautiful. What did bitch. Y'all think you know about, you just want the land and it's yours. What did y'all think about her line and questioning about her brother? Did she was she did she go too far on that? Was that a when she asked John if he bent the knee because he truly cared about the North? Well, she was talking to her. Uh, what What do you mean? Which line? Well, yeah, she was talking to her about, like, why, you know, why are you here for my brother? Like, kind of, she was asking her questions. I don't know like, if I remember like, that. that. I remember that. I know she asked um, John, did you did you bend uh, the knee to her? Yeah. yeah. Is it is it because of your loyalty to the North or because you're in love with her? All right. Yeah. Right. I, I thought overall that was a fair question. I thought Absolutely. the timing was shitty, though. It's yeah. like <laughs> right. the, the dead are literally marching to kill us all. It's like, who cares who's king of all the dead humans? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I think that and, and I was, it actually lessened Sansa's character for me because that's the kind of pettiness and, and lack of insight that I'm expecting from Cersei. And the decisions that he made, and we could also say that Sansa learned from Cersei. So yeah, there's, was, you know, there's that. But I, yeah, I was actually going to say that it made it made it confirmed my thought that Sansa's going to end up like Cersei, and she could end up being a villain in this season as well because she did absolutely. learn from Cersei. She learned from Littlefinger. She hasn't had the best mentors the last seven years. But but at the same time, she's the only one that that understands or that knows that Cersei's not coming. You know, to, to march with them. John's mm-hmm. under that impression that she is. Mm-hmm. Daenerys is. Tyrion is. And Sansa's like, are y'all serious? Y'all really think that she's coming? Come right. On. And it's Come because on, she because she thinks like her too now. Right. And she understands her. But her motivations are the same. Like Cersei's motivations have always been to protect her family. Mm-hmm. And Sansa says the exact same thing. Now the actions that they take, you know, I hope Sansa's don't end up as evil as Cersei's. Mm-hmm. But I think they very well could be. So what... Angle does she take then? I mean, she doesn't have the dragon. She has a limited amount of resources. Well, she learned Littlefinger's manipulation, so we'll see. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that was that was actually the most insightful. I was really proud of Sansa for, for pulling that. And then she makes this statement at the Tyrion. You used to be the most clever. I used to think you were the most clever man in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and- spot on. And also, you knew it drove a dagger <laughs> right in his heart when she said it. because It left him confused yeah. and befuddled like, huh? What do you mean? Yeah, but I also think it was like what the audience was probably thinking at that point. Like going back and rewatching the last seven seasons, and especially seasons six and seven, Tyrion has made a lot of bad calls. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I kind of felt Sansa on that. Like you, you started out in the series like being the most clever and witty and, and smart character. And like you've made some really stupid decisions here. And is it really because like you're not strategic or because you don't know where your loyalty is? And from, and from the start, that's where Sansa started, right? She started very naive, and now she's very astute when it comes to, you know, the gameplay, whereas Tyrion started up high, and now he's, like you said, he's made a lot of bad uh, bad calls and decisions, and so their roles have, have uh, taken a 180. So what's the real problem, that he bent the knee and he's in love, 
or there's another strong woman in the, in her space. You talking about John? No, I'm talking about her. Who? Well, so, I mean, I think there's two problems, right? Okay. So I think the yeah. first problem is that uh, Sansa is now Sansa. fighting for uh, a role in her family that she didn't, that was thrust upon her. She thought she could kind of be the unwitting queen that, and, and, and the debutante and, you know, and live this royal life. And now she's been thrust into this role of leadership, and she's been hardened by all the actual life experiences of her. And I think that she's letting let that, that, that those hardships kind of sway the bigger role which is hey yes people suck but they don't suck as much as white walkers do and John has the exact opposite problem you know he never expected to be in a leadership role and he's like look there are things coming to kill us the things that go bump in the night actually exist they're on the way the hell with all the stuff we're talking about and so now he every, t- every right. time but he's, she seemed like she kind of came off kind of territorial so and she, she absolutely did and I think that I think John was dismissive of it not because she was a woman or she wasn't smart it's because that her, his concerns aren't of the actual throne his concerns are more of survival and you know him you know, be, you know wearing the black and all the other things he did with the wildlands and all the fights and battles he's had he's literally worried about can i live tomorrow will i live next week do i live next month where she's more concerned about how how will how will house stark survive how do we keep the north together united and how do we hold winterfell you know adding on that is uh sansa you got you got to keep in mind that while john was out trying to went over uh, Daenerys to, you know, to come back and, 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 and march with him or stand with him. Sansa was left in, in Winterfell trying to hold all these various houses together. You know, and, and it takes a, a certain level of sternness and, you know, straight to the point to, to hold these people together. You know, and constantly reminding these guys, look, I am the last remaining Stark here. That's a good point. That's a good point. Particularly when her, her fellow Bannerman didn't necessarily want to stand with House Stark anyway because of whatever reasons. And then going back to season six, when it was her who got the uh, the, the Knights of the Vale to, to come to John's aid and, and the uh, and the uh, the people of the North to, to defeat Ramsey. Yeah. So you know she's definitely been been building up her uh, I guess her uh, leadership capital uh, along the way. Yeah, and it's clear from that that first scene that that John has with the the rest of the people of Winterfell that they don't really trust him anymore. You know, they've, yep. they've had, he had to explain again, you know, his motivations and Lord Umbry, you know, ex- clearly shows that he doesn't even know, you know, well, who, who am I reporting to now? Is it the mm-hmm. lady of Winterfell, the, the king of Winterfell? Oh, wait, your grace, Danny, yeah. the queen. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the tea. So what's the fallout over him being with his auntie? <laughs> <laughs> let's just cut to the chase. Let's get to the tea. <laughs> um, wow. Somebody has to die. Like yeah. someone has to die because of that. Because There's so the, much around that question. Him, him initially, him banging his aunt. The issue was uh, just quite simply and succinctly that he gave up his crown. Now that he's actually a Targaryen and the actual rightful heir, um, then that changes everything. She has to take him out. Yeah, she probably should. I, what do you think? I, man, I think it's a little more complicated than that. So. Uh, you know, if, if you, when you talk about the quintessential good guy, if there's someone that's always going to do right uh, along the way, it's going to be John. And I don't see how, uh, with him being the true heir, how how he would lose support on with some of the, uh, of course, the North. And I, I don't know. You know, let me. <laughs> I'm talking in circles here. I, that's going to be a very interesting uh, question to to answer. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I think you're right on. So there are a few things. So it's the hookup between John and his aunt. But he's the true heir, and that's and, it's and it's that's it's a secession plan. But, how, how but does that, that matter out? at this point? Does the but does being the true heir does that really matter? But that's I mean that I but that's really the because that's really Dana- Daenerys's only claim to the throne was that the usurper Robert the yes. usurper. Uh, you know, there was no heir for her brother. Therefore, it, the it, rightful heir or rightful queendom fell to her or, you know, or her brother. But if he does have an heir, then her claim to the throne is invalidated. But who's yeah. in her army? When you think about who's in her army, she has yeah, she Unsullied, she has the Dothraki, she that's has slaves. Like, that's who's okay, following but, her right Right, now. but you're talking about who's the rightful heir right, and right, then right, who right. has the power to take it. Right. So, I mean, I think that John because of who he is would give up his right to the throne for her whether it's for love or for unity but I don't think that Sansa and Arya and the people of Winterfell if they find out this information are going to let that happen so question how do the dragons relate to her she's the mother of the dragon so in uh, the first season so will he be the so in the first, so in the, so in the no. well, no. So in the first season, no, 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 no. she received. Yeah, he's the uncle of the dragon. Okay, no. So she received three dragon eggs as a wedding gift to the Dothraki king, and Kyle Drogo in the first season. And after he died, she was going to kill herself, and so she threw herself into this fire, and then she threw and the dragon eggs hatched because of the flames that. So there's no way John can get power over the dragons. Not necessarily. Yeah, well, he already necessarily. has well, power yeah. over. The tar- yeah, the target. If as long as you have Targaryen blood, right. you're able to like ride the dragons and, and control them. Because because you were talking about scenes, so I felt like the scene where the dragon was staring at him meant something. Mm-hmm. The dragon wanted to ride ride him. Meant no, something. no kids like you fucking their mom. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, so I, I I actually read or, or heard another interesting fan theory that I actually kind of am on board with. So she named Dragon after Khal Drago. Khal Drago. And so there are some people that think that he has taken on Khal Drogo's spirit and that that look was, this is my woman. I mean, it's possible. Right. Um, <laughs> the dragon? Yeah. I mean, in, yeah, in, this, look happy about it. in this universe, anything's possible. So I, right. I can't say that. Um, I read one interesting theory just to, in, to put a, point on, a bullet, bullet point on my. Uh, statement about John that he could potentially uh, rejoin the Night's Watch as a Targaryen, and that way he could you know, disavow his claim to the throne and let Danny have it, uh, so to speak. Uh, much, much more similar. Like I forgot, I forgot the yeah, yeah. Targaryen. Yeah, they, they, they also did that. So he could re- you know So John left. John Snow left the Night's Watch, but. Aegon Targaryen could join the Night's but Watch. Here's again. the thing: if you, if why would you join the Night's Watch? The whole mission of the Night's Watch is to keep the White Walkers out. So right. You're either going to defeat them, <laughs> or you're not. Right. They're not. So, yeah. I don't think there's going to be an in between where yeah, they come so to a pact and say, "Well, gone, you go back on the other side of the wall, you burn <laughs> down." Like, what is the Night's Watch going to be there to watch? Well, if you think about this though, so the the White Walkers. When you kill a White Walker, you kill the Whites that follow them, right? Yeah, yeah. So potentially and presumably, you can kill all the White Walkers and not kill the Night King, and you have completely, or not completely, but severely limited and, and defeated that army, so they can't go back and reclaim the dead, but still, um, you may, don't have maybe not enough the, the manpower or the woman power or whatever in order to destroy the army. So well, it in could that be. case, like I think they would just go ahead and destroy the rest of them. I mean, I right, got, but you would presume they have the ability to do so. I mean, the the problem is that every time a human dies in that battle, 
they they oh, add right. yeah Spawn. they add they add soldiers to the other side. So minimizing human casualties is more critical in this war than has ever been in any other war ever fought. And then also we don't know what the Night King wants. Yeah. The Night King, the Night King may find out that Tyrion was a prince that was promised, and all he wants is Tyrion. Everyone would sell Tyrion out for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like war's over. Tyrion, or he Tyrion wants Bran because Bran yeah, started all this shit. Oh, that's, that's the whole point, though. It's like there, right. there are ways we don't because we don't know his motivation. So that, so he's undeveloped. So we expect more from Bran's powers now for this season, right? We need him absolutely. To start I mean, stuff. he's already shown that his powers have have strengthened because he doesn't have to warg now to see the past, right? So he takes more of a leadership role in the planning for the war? (laughs) Like, what happens? I don't know. I mean, you tell us. What do you think? No. (laughs) There was some trap music going on in the back. (laughs) To give that, please. So what was your favorite scene uh, of the show? My favorite scene. Come back to me, because I have a a few favorites. Okay. So, Keith, what was your favorite scene? Mm. Uh, what was the quote I like? Do you guys remember which? Um, which one? You got to work oh, for it. The quote where oh, Cersei, Cersei told um, Euron that yeah, if you want a whore, you know, I forget what it was, it, but basically, if you want if a whore, you want a whore, buy it. Yeah, yeah, you got to buy it, but she let him hit anyway. You know why? Because that was the best scene of the fucking show. <laughs> like Euron smashing Cersei was the yes. best scene of the show. Let's just go, yeah. I've executed men for less and you executed lesser, lesser men. men. Yeah. That's it. Like that's a close. Like, like you yeah. said at the club next week, you're going to close that too. Like of course. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, he's arrogant but he's insecure. <laughs> so Cersei says, you know, I like, you, you're so arrogant. I like that about yeah. you. But I mean, he's like trying to get her to compare him to all of her previous lovers. He like, was not. He was trying to get a rise out of her. He yeah. didn't give one. That he smashed her, knowing yes. that she smashed her brother. He did not give one fuck about and her that. Cousin. Uh, yeah, he didn't care nothing about that. He wanted yeah. to see. He wanted to see where her head was at on that. That's okay. all he was doing. Is that, that's how a strong woman goes about getting it done. You know, she kind of says to everybody else, "Like, nah, I'm not that interested. I'm not gonna hit that." But then I'm sneaky, like, yeah. <laughs> I went on the sneak. She said she did it in public in front of everybody. In front of her guard. <laughs> in front of her guard. She's like, let him through. Uh, that was, that, so that was your favorite scene. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, that's, that's Let, what I got from it. Let's talk about a little bit more in depth on that one, though. Um, so it's first of all, I think we, Scott, you, you and I talked about this last week, but let's let's ask Keith and, and Obadiah. Do you think Cersei is really pregnant at this moment? Hell yeah. I don't. You don't. No, I don't. You think she made it up? Like she was telling Jamie, I'm pregnant. To like, she always has. She's always had some kind of power play. Definitely trying to hold stuff over him mm-hmm. to take advantage of you know of him so I, I don't think she is yeah don't yeah. leave baby I'm yeah, he, he definitely loves her more than she loves him i think you think so mm-hmm. okay now i think she's going to use that over him later on okay Obadiah, what you think man i guess i don't think she is no no, no. <laughs> that's a i mean it's a tough one because if she was pregnant would jamie just up and leave his potential child in the womb right He's never been a father to any of his kids. But he's always been around his kids. He's always been around his kids no, to protect him. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was there for Joffrey, yeah, Toman, nice and uh, and uh, yeah, her. The the right. chicken Dorn. Like yeah. he's always been around, and he's always loved his kids. He just hasn't been a father, and, but he's been close by. And the dead are marching south, so yeah. he could think his more fatherly duty is protect all this is humanity. True. This is yeah, right. That's why I'm like. 
I actually think she's going to end up killing him because he's not going to do what needs to be done. Oh, she, he's killing as far her. as making a power play for the family because he was playing nice in the last episode, trying to come on, Jamie. Jamie yeah, trying to work with everybody, understanding the seriousness of the White Walkers and all that kind of stuff. But she's in it to win it, mm-hmm. and so I think when she when it when the rubber meets the road and it's time for them to make a power play, that he's not going to be on board and she's going to kill him. If she's not pregnant, why would she tell everybody that she is? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, now, admittedly, a lot of things, this, a lot of things Cersei's do doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Yeah. But I agree with you. It doesn't. Necess- it's not a tactical decision. Yeah. It's more of a tactical decision to say that she's not pregnant and be pregnant, so no one's looking for it. Looking yeah, for. Don't see her coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think she is pregnant. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I believe it's Jamie's. I still think that. Who else would it be? I think that that I'm forgetting his name. The new. Um, Clyburn? Clyburn. I think Clyburn may have Frankenstein something in her <laughs> belly. Like I would I just wouldn't be surprised. He's been yes. doing all sorts of medical experiments. I'm getting um, this mountainous seed. But I do think that after Yikes. Euron says, you know, I'm gonna put a put a prince in your belly, right. she sees that as an opportunity to Pass make that another his. power play, either by, you know, passing it off as his or I don't telling Jamie later on is like actually ain't your baby. I don't know. Um, and then I thought a little bit more about it, too, in terms of the, the witch's prophecy. Right. That's what I was thinking. So I need to go back and, and read exactly what the witch said. Um, but another fan theory that I read that I thought was interesting was based on a fan saying that the witch said she would raise three children, which is very different from saying you're going to birth only three children. So if that is what the prophecy actually said, and if somebody wants to pull it up and we can confirm, um, you know, if the if the witch said you would she would raise three children, she can still have this child and not violate that prophecy. Now, I don't which still says that, you know, she's not going to be around to influence this child. But this also goes back to some of my thoughts on the scene between her and Tyrion at the end of episode seven, because they cut it off right when Tyrion uh, says you're pregnant and. I wouldn't be surprised because of Tyrion's loyalty to his family and the prophecy from the House of the Undying that said that Danny would be betrayed three times, that Tyrion may have promised that Cersei's seed would eventually sit on the throne since at that point Tyrion thinks that Danny cannot have children. And he wanted to talk to her about a succession, succession plan. Yeah. So if she were to die in the war, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyrion made some sort of pact with Cersei that her child could take the throne. Now, I, I did a quick Google search uh, after you said that. And so there are three components, uh, and this is according to uh, this website from uh, popsugar.com, so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, they write that there are three tenets to the prophecy. You'll never wed the prince, you'll wed the king. Baratheon. Obviously, it's Baratheon. You'll be, uh, you'll be queen for a time, then comes a young, another younger, more beautiful, to cast you down and take all you hold dear. And then the king will have 20 children. You will have three. Gold will be their crowns. Gold, their shrouds. Okay. So. Um, you three know, so, up, three down yeah, already. Yeah, so you can you can interpret that how you want to. But yes. if that's true, she says have. So yeah. she could technically. She go could birth almost. or have in her possession, meaning raising them. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if there's any more to that. Obadiah, if you have any insight. No, I mean, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, <laughs> you know, expanding on, on that mm-hmm. prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of why I was thinking that if she's, 
I mean, I can go both ways. That's why I don't. I mean, even if she is pregnant, I don't know if that child is going to survive. Be birthed. Yeah. yeah. And right. how much time do we have before all this takes place, right? Right. Because you got Danny, who's supposed to be pregnant, or maybe pregnant. Uh, Cersei, who's going to be pregnant. I mean, with the with the yeah. white. I mean, with the uh, White Walkers descending on 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 uh, Winterfell. Winterfell, and then ultimately the, uh, Westeros. I mean. Do we have nine months? And even if you have nine months or even three years, I mean, mm-hmm. is that kid going to make it? And, right. that's, and that's really my point. Um, when, when I'm talking about from a Hollywood standpoint, I think it would be a cheesy ending for us to basically look at the show effectively in real time uh, over the clock that's transpired in the real world versus the clock that's transpired over in Westeros. Mm-hmm. And then for the last six episodes, well, last five episodes, to give us a time skip that covers more than a couple days. Yeah. You know, I can give you a time skip over a day or a week or so, but just still around the same relative time. But for people to have, they're not even showing to be pregnant in all these last five episodes for so much time to have to skip that they can have those children. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that would be lazy writing. It would and it be. It would be very unsatisfying as a viewer just to say, hey, I skipped forward, you know, 10 years. Naruto did that. The, I mean, you always watch anime, mm-hmm. but Naruto did that at the end of the, end of the 15-year run, and mm-hmm. it was infuriating because we didn't get to see any of We saw this kid from he was 10, and then all of a sudden he's 30 in Okage. Yeah, like, there's so much ground to cover. I don't know yeah, yeah I, I do not think we're going to see any children be birthed. Maybe not until the last episode, because I still do think that Danny is going to get pregnant and she's so, going to die in childbirth. But I don't see that happening any time before the sixth episode. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that Danny's pregnant, and her pregnancy would play a role in the in the show. And I'm yeah. just trying to figure out how. Right, so. and that's the same way I feel about Cersei's pregnancy. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I just think that it's going to be a part of a betrayal somewhere. Now, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to touch on the Danny pregnancy. The only reason I don't believe Danny's pregnant is because we got five episodes left. We just found <laughs> out that John was a Targaryen. I feel like Tyrion's one too. And so I feel like we got another Targaryen reveal besides a, 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 some unborn kid. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say, even if she is pregnant, let's say, let's say we do a time skip and Danny has a baby born and she dies in childbirth mm-hmm. like Targaryens are want. Who raises it? Where's the kid's personality? Who's going to see that this, this child is going to be actually uh, the king or queen to reign? It's like it doesn't, there's well, so many other. Who uh, says that the series has to end with answers to all of our questions? True. Everyone who's watched the series for the last eight years. I don't think it's not going to be wrapped up with a bow. HBO did try to do the Sopranos before, and it did not go down well. I assure you, <laughs> they're going to give us answers. They're not going to have they're not going to have a, a, a multiple interpretive way, way uh, ending but you have because pregnant at the same time. Though? I mean, it happens all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, you're about to get put in the Johnson world. family box. Hey guys, all right, all right, told y'all I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just asking. We are. We're, we're being nice. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. Shave, shave a lonely over there in the Johnson family box. Shave, come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm drinking. I know things. Keith, or um, yeah, Keith. We do. We already talked about your favorite scene, Scott. What was your favorite? Or Obadiah? What was your favorite scene? My favorite bad. scene comes at the very, very end of it. Okay. When uh, Bran was saying, hey, you know, somebody was asking Bran what he was doing outside. And he said, I'm waiting for an old friend. And then the sun comes up 
and Jamie shows up. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, he sat out there in his wheelchair all night. I was, Talk about going I was full brand circle. moving around, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he has a regular modern day wheelchair, kind of. Mm. It's wheelchair accessible, as Winterfell is. Yeah, he he but, went forward in the future and well, wore back a wheelchair. Out, yeah, that's right. why he sat out there. Somebody but, wheeled him out there and he sat there. <laughs> so so to, to add on what I was just saying, you know, that you start that you start the uh, the episode off with that kid climbing, kind of reminding you of, of Bran in his younger years. And then it ends the exact same way uh, that first episode ended too, with you know Jamie and and and, uh, and Bran having that uh, that that interaction. So like I said, it's it full circle. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I def- thematically, I de- it definitely makes sense, right? You know, if you're gonna do the reintroductions and the reunion shows yep. to do it in the same, a very similar vein yep. that the very first episode of the series started, like I totally get it. Um, I like I said, and this is this is nitpicking, right? You know, because that's what mm-hmm. we're doing for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, I thought that thematically, it, it it was cheapened by us knowing that there are only six episodes in the season, and we yeah. and we know that we only have a finite amount of time to at least attempt to get all the answers that we want and to spend. You know, so 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 much of a substantial part of that, just doing the whole walking around, kid crawling up the tree, uh, you know, Arya looking at people walking you know, on March through. It's like we got we got important stuff to get to. So I have um, a question. Because, oh, I'm sorry. So people are waiting for conflict, right? So what's going to be the first conflict, major conflict? Well, that was actually that was actually uh, what I was about to talk about because we we end the show with the Night King's. Uh, is that the second or third signal? And on the first episode, he had a signal. I think that's his third signal. Yeah. So he left a message, you know, with the the White Walker and then the the human parts. Spiral. Yeah, because the, fir- the first in the first episode, he left human parts. He left horse parts in mm-hmm. season three or four, mm-hmm. and then he leaves human parts again in season eight. So we don't know what that means. Although those spirals They're do all the al- same, yeah. right, they allude to things that the children of forest yes. does, did. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Did all the children of forest die when the uh, the old three eyed raven? Was you know yep. under the hold, hold the door? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. They are, did. Yeah, they're dead. extinct now. Yeah. yeah, so that's the thing. There's a there's a lot of questions we have as far as who can interpret these things. What does that mean? Is someone gonna? I've never heard well, a White Sam Walker talk. Will Sam's been reading, so I think that he'll help interpret that sign. Right, but I mean, there ha- the white. I mean, the the Night King has to say something, right? Like he's leaving messages for humans. Like but he has to want to tell. It, yeah. it just can't be an intimidation factor. I, I feel like <laughs> hordes of dead people coming to murder you is enough yeah. intimidation. Like you're not just you hacking like, them up and you putting them on the wall. Exactly. Like, move that a little over he, to the left. He has to be trying to say something. Yeah. So yeah. who's going to interpret that? Like how are we going to get this information? I think I think Sam and Bran are going to interpret it. You know and exactly what that means, and maybe there's some message within that about what he's looking for and what he wants. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we've already been here, right? So Bran already knows everything, right? So why doesn't he just say, "Hey, this is what you need to do to uh, to exactly. defeat the Night King," as opposed to us just well, kind of figuring Brand, it out? Does, does so? Does Bran see the future too, or just the past? It's a good question. I know he sees the past. So I mean, this has already happened before. The Night King has come up, and 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 the men uh, have, or I forgot what they technically call him. They beat him back, right? He went back into hiding for however long. So, and this was all documented. That's how we know about the Dragon Glass and how to kill these White Walkers. So, if Bran can go back in the past and figure out what's happened, why didn't? He, why hasn't he already told us? Well, maybe the army's bigger, and I just don't know enough about the history. But so I'm just speculating. Yeah. So maybe the army's bigger now. He has a dragon now. That's something he didn't he have, have in the dragon. past. He 
the wall is gone now. There's no barrier between them. Mm-hmm. And, but here, and here's the difference between the books and the show because the the theory and the concept about the prince that was promised hasn't been introduced in the show yet. You know, so That's so from a, a from a from a uh, a TV show perspective, this the the Night King is just some maniacal undead creature that was created by the children of the forest who wants to destroy all men. And from what they have told us, you know, from a story narratively yep. and thematically, uh, they don't have we don't, they don't have even touched the prince that was promised or Lightbringer or Light any bringer, of those things. Yeah. yeah, none of those things have actually been introduced into the show. So. That, that, but that, but once again, back to my point about them wasting time. That, that's we're too late into the game to not know that. <laughs> like right. the primary antagonist, not to know what they want. <laughs> we're we're right. kind of late in the game for that. Like it's been eight seasons, yeah. and we don't know that. And if they go back and, tri- and, and touch back on the things in the book, it'll make a little bit more sense to the people who read the books. But mm-hmm. you know, from a narrative standpoint, we just don't know what the primary antagonist wants at this point. Yeah. Scott, favorite scene. Oh, you're on banging uh, Cersei. Uh, a, clo- a close second. A close second. A very close second. That was only because the dialogue in it was so witty. And, and I thought it was you know, charming and witty and, 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 and very uh, spot on to both characters. Uh, a very close second was uh, Bran and, and Jamie's uh, reintroduction. Like we're the, the, not even in words exchange. I know, but I that's know. what I'm saying. But that's that's what made it so powerful because yeah. because I have Jamie got his hand cut off and wasn't yeah. as shocked as he was when he saw Branson in that chair. Yeah. You know, like I'm not seeing Jamie react that way to anything in the series, mm-hmm. uh, but seeing Bran still be alive uh, and still at Winterfell. So and the way Bran looks at him, you're right. Like exactly. anytime Bran totally gives that long yeah. stare, it doesn't mean anything good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was super powerful. And we, I mean, and we know from the previews that you know Jamie's going to be taken prisoner after that. So, which is a really ball. I mean, Jamie is steadily. I mean, Tyrion had used to, was was previously my favorite character, mm-hmm. and I think I've said that so much as a couple shows ago. But uh, Jamie is so fucking ballsy. It's like yeah. he went to Winterfell after all the things the Lannisters mm-hmm. have done to the Targaryens and the Starks. Just because he thought it was the right thing to do, his, knowing the consequences. Yeah, his character has definitely changed. Totally evolved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I mean, I just, I mean, I respect ballsiness. I mean, that's one of the things I liked about Tyrion because Tyrion said the inappropriate in, 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 said things in, in inopportune times, <laughs> and you know he acted inappropriately you know, throughout the show. Yeah. But I mean, Jamie has really, really taken a page out of Tyrion's book. He's not the the you know the the, the, the reliable son that he was first introduced to us as. Yeah. He's become much more of a, a wild card in a lot of respects. That's, so, that's why I think he can die. I mean, is he Jamie? necessary for the storyline movement? No, I think he's going to die eventually. Yeah, absolutely not. So Sooner when, than later, though. When you talk about the uh, the books, they kind of allude to the, uh, the three dragon riders, right? Or the mm-hmm. three heads of the dragon. So you've already seen two of them. you got Daenerys, the mother of dragons, and you got Jon on, the, uh, on uh, the other dragon. Who's the third rider, right? Right now, you, I mean, Viser- right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure it's out how you, squ- how do you square that? How do you square that, right? But they haven't introduced that. In the sh- that's once again, another concept they haven't introduced into the show. Yeah, because in order to do so, right. do we expect that someone could, because I don't think we can, I don't think there's anything that's been introduced in the show that said we can bring Turn something them back. Yeah, back to the yeah. living. 
Yeah, and I'm I guess what I mean actually it has man the the Lord of Light yeah the Lord of Light the Lord of Light John Snow's so, back but has has the Lord of Light reversed anyone from being a white or white walker back oh into a human no. there's difference between that and raising yeah. somebody from the dead I mean it's being possibly I mean yeah I mean yeah. it's just a lot of unknowns I mean, so I, my 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 statements over die is Ooh. that I don't know if they've introduced that plot enough into the show that they have to stick to it. I yeah. agree with you that that's something I was looking forward to. But where, where I was going is that uh, in the books, you know, they have all of these different prophecies. We talked about the one with Cersei. The one that I, the reason why I think that that's going to happen is because they actually spoke about it in the show. Um, so you got the the three head, you know, the the, the three riders of the dragon. You got um, the Cersei prophecy. You got Lightbringer. Um, there was a third. There was another one that I was getting ready to bring. Oh. Uh, also in that uh, that prophecy about Cersei, it said that uh, a younger Tar- a, a younger Lannister is, no 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 a younger uh, Targaryen not Targaryen I'm sorry Lannister her younger brother is going to kill her mm-hmm. yeah so I mean she only has two brothers she has Jaime uh, and she has Tyrion so if you're talking about prophecies that are going to fulfill themselves or, or that must be fulfilled either Tyrion or Jaime is going to kill Cersei yeah well. If we believe that Tyrion is a Targaryen, that she's not—he's not necessarily her brother. So right. then that leaves. Well, he's still well, her, her mother. Her mother. Yeah, you're right. Her mom, mother, you're but right. I, I will say that I'm a little less on board with the idea that Tyrion is a Targaryen, just because of how much time we yes. have left in the season. Like Agreed. that's it. I mean, and, and like one of you all was saying earlier, just like there are way too many people. Like, oh, this is Targaryen. Oh, they happen to be a Targaryen too. Oh, they're a Targaryen too. And like, so I'm a little bit less on board with that theory now because I just don't think how, there's enough time to develop. How long that did it plot. take us to to learn that John was a Targaryen? Right. Yeah. I mean, even though everybody already knew it, but eight seasons. I feel like there hasn't been enough development out, like it within the show. Like all of the theories that I have, I have heard and read or from people that have read the books mm-hmm. and who are speculating based on things in the books but there hasn't been enough developing within the series itself to support that so I'm kind of getting off that idea mm-hmm. plus it just seems like too much and it would be too messy at this point mm-hmm. to say oh by the way Tyrion's a Targaryen too and now that like we know Jon is is writing um dragons Rhaegar is that the other <laughs> Rhaegar? one the uh, the other um dragon like where's Tyrion's place and all that anyway now so. well, well let's talk about it then I think it's a, a good time since this is the last season mm-hmm. do we still think that the writers and the producers of the show are committed to the same ending that Martin is I think they're on the same page because yeah, contractually so. they have to be but do they to a point it's based on on these events, right? Yeah, these, I mean, this is his book. This is his story. This is true, I would, but I'm I would doubt that he gave up the yeah. rights to the way he wants the story to be told. But that's but the I thing, though. Think, I don't think it's necessarily going to line up with what his book is, you know. But, that, but that's my point, though. But that, that's, that's, my, that's my question, though, okay. because he still has another book, or at least yeah. at least one other oh, book to he's write. he got a couple of them. So... In order to in order to still get his viewers and readers to subscribe to what he believes his ending should be, is it possible that there is a split between what happens in the show and what happens in the books? Because if if a lot of things we're introducing are based on what we believe the show is going based on the books, we've seen several deviations, several I think yeah. important deviations from the books. Mm-hmm. So do we think that the show writers are actually locked into providing the viewers of the show the same ending uh, that the readers of the books are expecting? Yeah, I don't mean to somebody that has not read the books. I don't think that they have to be cohesive and because they've deviated so much. And then I think it still keeps your readers interested, too, at this point, because I haven't read the books. But if I know that it's going to be much more developed or might say something different than what I've seen in the series, it might encourage me to read them. Just like, oh, well, what was George going to say in the, in the books? 
I mean, because I mean, uh, uh, I mean, this is not a TV show, but um, and I am Legend. Uh, the, the ending of the movie is very different than the ending yeah. of the book. So yeah, you know, and that happens in plenty of yeah. movies. And Stephen King, I mean, the new Pet Cemetery ends completely differently than the that. original. And you saw it? I have not. It's ends completely differently than the original and the book. So I mean, it happens all the time. So I could see the series ending differently than than George George's books will. So we're gonna talk about next. Uh, my favorite scene. I had to think about it, and I wanted to hear what the rest of you all said. Um, and I and I kind of struggled between two of them, but. I think my favorite scene, just as far as the acting, um, was a scene where uh, Sam learns that Danny killed his father and brother. Oh. Like it, it was a mixture of like ki- kind of comedic for the audience and mm-hmm. really sad at the same time. <laughs> and I just thought that the actor that plays Sam just did it so beautifully. You know, because it's like he didn't really wasn't really feeling his dad that much, but he was still loyal to him. And yeah. you know, he finds out that that Danny killed his dad, and his lip starts quivering, and he gets sad. And he's like, "Well, you know, at least I can go home because my brother." And she's like, "No, I killed him too." And he's just like, you know, inconsolable at that point. Uh, and that that's what like motivates him so quickly to go tell John the true story because he is not going to be loyal to this queen who killed his father and brother. That's a really good point. So. I, and, and he's Sam's most trusted friend, and I think Sam is going to have a lot of influence on what happens with their relationship moving forward, or could. Um, it's so. especially noteworthy because the, his introduction to Daenerys was so jovial, right? It was so complimentary and jovial. It was, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you know, uh, all, all look how great he is. Tell me anything you want. Yeah. And then he, he kind of... And, it was her request to say, what would you like as a reward yeah, for saving Jorah? Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, that's the how way. we established yeah. that she the murdered the rest of his dad. family. Yeah. And he took he took his father on a chin. He took his father's death on a chin like a champ. I mean, I can't imagine. Right. I can't imagine anybody taking the, the, well, the knowledge that you killed my father better than he took that. But well, his, his dad well. was terrible. Yeah, his yeah. dad made him take the black. Yeah, I mean, no, that's he, true. he took the news I mean, his like, worse. Remember his mm-hmm. and then Sam came home with, with Gilly and then he was like and then he just berated the dude. Right. I mean I'm like, like I never want to see you again. He's definitely more <laughs> he's definitely more Joe Jack Jackson as a father <laughs> than, than anything else. However, yeah, you know a lot of good came out of it. Joe Jackson still had Michael Jackson as a son. So I'm saying like yeah, yeah. Parenting, it was a, I would say it's a push. It's a push. Yeah. I mean, Sam. Look, I mean, it worked out for Sam. Sam didn't really have any prospects to get laid beforehand. He got jilly. He got a baby at the crib. He's a maester now. Yeah. I'm saying like may not be the intent good. of his father, but it worked out for Sam. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was coming up, and I'm, you su- know. I'm surprised that like George just sat back there and and watched the whole conversation take place as opposed to like nudging Danny like hey let's let's cut this short and not tell him that I killed your dad right now and your brother. Oh Jorah. Yeah, he was just standing in the background like yeah, that's right did. because Jorah yeah, Jor knew he was the Tali. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was really did. fucked up, George. Jo- yeah. Right, you just saved my life. <laughs> yeah, but kind of warned her first. Right, he's like, yeah. hey, yeah, you might not want to. But I guess he didn't know that that Sam's last name was Charlie. But 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 once he did find out, I'd, I'd have definitely been giving him the nudge. And yeah, no, but Sam introduced himself to George. I mean, uh, yeah, Samuel Dor- Charlie. Yeah, he did okay. because um, when they were when he was uh, curing grayscale. Grayscale, thank you. I, mean, I was drawing a blank on it. Uh, he was curing a grayscale. He talked about the reason he was going to do that because of uh, how his father 
I helped him when he was in the Night's Watch. Yeah. That's how that introduction happened. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, and that's just like a really sad scene. Um, so that was one of my favorites. And then my other favorite was the reunification between, well, Arya and the Hound and then Arya and Gendry. Um, and just like the, the difference in those, in those um, reunions, because Arya doesn't hate the Hound anymore. You know, she's very conflicted about how she feels about him. And his she, way of like paying her respect is calling her a bitch. But, they love each other. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. They do. Have, they I don't do. think they love each other. They have a they, respect for each look, other. I think the Hound has a great amount of affection yes. for her. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, I mean, I don't think Arya That's how he shows it. I mean, yeah, he's, a, like, he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. But that's how he shows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's proud of her, and it's it's almost like a father fatherly kind of kind of thing. So I, I liked that. And you know what? And the and what was it? Season four or season five? When when he fell off a cliff and almost died, and she, he asked her to kill her, and she left him there. Right. But I don't think that that was out of out of spite, out of malice, out of hate. I think she probably saw it as really t- like killing somebody you do sort of care about. Like he was caring for her. Mm-hmm. We argued about this last we week. We did, we yeah. did. Yeah, I, I mean, I did not see it as an act of, act of um, mercy or hate, her leaving him there. Right. I saw it as, like, conflicted. Like, right. If I kill I, you, you are dead. Right, and she didn't want that. Yeah. I, I, she, I mean, okay. She, yeah, no, no, I think that she is very angry, very hurt, very upset, very, I mean, has some hate, but at the same time, she does understand that he's taking care of her. And I, I see Arya very differently than everyone else did. I see Arya as singularly focused on her list. And she was leaving him to die. And because he didn't die at her hands necessarily, she thought that she can cross him off the list and still get some type of uh, satisfaction. satisfaction from his death. She looked sincerely surprised and not happy that he was alive. I think, even, she, I think she looked surprised, but not. I don't think she looked unhappy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that was my she wanted to, she could have killed him right then. That's and then, true. like when she, she was in the in Bravos, and the mini faced God was, you know, hitting her anytime she was dishonest with one of her responses. You know, he one of them one of the questions he asked her was about killing the Hound, and she finally admitted that she was conflicted about you know her her feelings about him. So I think the truth about that came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, mean, and I, I I agree, and I can concede that point. I just though there was. Aria, so I thought Aria, I think I even said so last week, I thought Aria was a lesbian, right? And yeah. so, oh, are oh you no. changing your mind now? Oh, no. Well, no, I no. mean, I still think she is, but <laughs> I She's can, got the hots for, for Gendry. But that's oh, the thing, no, though. She loves seeing, but seeing, oh, yeah. but seeing she her interact it. with Gendry in this episode, it juxtaposed her, what I thought was her cold personality, mm-hmm. to something more friendly. And she yeah. was equally as cold with the Hound, even though she didn't have to be. But that's her that personality. Been, but that's the whole thing, except when Gendry entered the room. Like I could, I could have signed up exactly for that until that yeah. scene continues with Gendry. Yeah, he so, softened her exactly, and yeah. so so now she's capable of a level of affection. Even she was actually kind of relatively cold with John, even though it was at it'll, first. It'll, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I felt like she was that conflicted with the Hound, that would have been more of an acknowledgement, at least to him. Because he's because whether she was conflicted or not at the moment she left him to, there to die or maybe die, when he's still alive, at least an acknowledgement of that's why I didn't kill you because he begged her for her death. 
Yeah. She didn't even give mm-hmm. a snide remark or, or again, aren't you glad I didn't use needle or anything? Yeah. She just let it walk away. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of left it kind of open in the air to, for interpretation, which I thought was a little confusing until I see her, a little confusing until I see her actually show affection for somebody, which, oh, actually she is capable of that. Yeah. I mean, she showed more affection to him in my eyes than she did with anybody else in her family. Well, I think she shows some affection towards Sansa, um, especially when John tries to like get her on board with, you know, criticizing her like she thinks she's smarter than everybody else she's like no actually she is like she's the smartest person that was I know. a terrible line I, I thought that they that was a little bit forced you know because mm-hmm. i don't see john really speaking out like that well she I, thinks she's smarter than everybody i i i because can't see she it showed, because there but, was there was conflict between them before he left i get that but 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 she showed her worth during the battle of the bastards remember He's, like she brought the knights of the bell and saved his ass otherwise yeah, he would have been dead but, at that point it's like okay Maybe I need to back up and I kind of give you your space and, you know, yeah. you do know what you're doing here. Well, I think there's also a history there, too. Sansa was never the nicest person to him as, yeah. you know, growing up. So True. I think that there, um, you know, is some trust that hasn't been built there. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't get along as kids. And, you know, their only interaction is, you know, in this forced situation. Right. So I, I think that there's just still a lack of trust there. Um and it's his perception. I think I, I believe that he sincerely thinks that Sansa thinks she's smarter than everybody else. He just doesn't see that she actually is. Is John being gullible right now? John's blinded by that tang of Daenerys. <laughs> John is being John. I think he's been consistently driven by his emotions throughout this entire series. I agree. But he's also trying to do what's right as well. When he, What he thinks is right. Yes. But do those characters live? Those type of characters. Those type of characters. Oh, he's got. Oh, in normal shows they do. Not maybe that this. Yeah, I'm surprised he lasts as long as he did. Okay, let's um, let's talk about our our what the fuck moments. Who wants to go first? Huh. I'll go. Um, one of the, I, the and I and I'm defining what the fuck as you know that was kind of a letdown scene for me. Um, the Theon rescuing Yara. Like no. that was mm. way too easy. I know no it resistance. was way too easy. Um, you know, although I did appreciate the interaction between them, where she headbutts him before you know essentially saying thank you because he did jump off the boat crying when she was captured. But at the same time, if he had tried to do something at that moment, they probably both would have died. So, um, but still, it just was it was way too easy. So I was just kind of like, what? Like uh, either you could have just skipped over this whole scene and said Theon rescued Yara or you should have made it a, a little bit more climactic. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I was kind of okay with it because I could, they, they kind of tried to um, explain it by saying, hey, you know, uh, the Iron Bank had provided these warriors and they're talking to Cersei yeah. and, and, and he left the ships unattended, so that's possible. Yeah, that's fair. Cause I, so that I guess that is one of my questions is were the the people who were um, sort of holding Yara hostage, are they part of the Iron Bank mercenary soldiers, or are they part of Euron's original crew? I mean, either way, I, mean, I feel like he, they, he, they had a, a larger complement to rescue her okay. than they had defending her. Fair enough. Uh, my what the fuck moment was the dragon ride. <laughs> like, that uh, was, yeah, that was, was the most... Uh, like, like, Ten for, minutes wasted. Yeah, and, and it was it was a it was a moment that we well at least I had been looking forward to for so long such a long time, and it was so underwhelming. Yeah, it was so underwhelming and so weird and so awkward and so clunky. Yeah. 
And, you know, um, well, what if he doesn't want me to ride him? Uh, it was nice knowing you, Jon Snow. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, it was that, was, that was almost as bad as um, episode three where your skin is soft, not like sand. <laughs> I was like, God, please stop this. Like, they were trying too hard to develop the romance between them. It was very, like, yeah. never in the storyline. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was, like, too much of a comparison, at least in my head, to the, the scene with Egret when he's in the cave, and she's like, we should never leave this cave. And mm-hmm. then Danny essentially says the same thing, like, why everybody want to be lost in the wilderness with you, John? It's cold. I mean, his booty was nice in that sex oh, scene, right. but it was muscular. It was muscular. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you all. It was it was kind of a cheesy scene, and I, and I expected to see the reveal of John being able yeah. to ride a dragon to be more exciting and dangerous. He didn't than blow no yeah, I thought he was going to have that nervousness, and he's going to take to it like a fish to water. And all of a sudden, Danny goes, what the fuck? You know, like, how is he riding the dragon like this? But yeah. no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. It was real lame. Yeah. Uh, Keith, what was your uh, what the fuck it was, it, was that, it was that. Okay. It was them riding those dragons. I just didn't get the <clears throat> point of it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather they use that time for some violence. Obadiah? So, yeah, yeah. My what the fuck is, uh, is actually what didn't happen. There were no major deaths in this episode. We got five episodes left. You mean to tell me that we couldn't kill off one person? I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of deaths, and I would hate that, you know, you cram too many of them in in episode three or episode five. You know, I think each one has a, needs to, 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 to have its own, you know, day, its own, you know, time in the, to shine. So, yeah, your complaint is the John Wick version of uh, you, you didn't manage your killing out. You just put out some Yeah, I don't want you to cram it all in. I don't want to cram my killing in twenty minutes. I'll tell you what, it I'm was, gonna savor this. It was pretty exciting. The red wedding was pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that killing off that many people one time. Mm-hmm. So that so, thing was okay. Actually, Keith, Keith, Keith raises an interesting uh, point. Uh, so, so every season, the penultimate episode is the one where some shocking murder or death or event happens. So what do we think is the penultimate episode's shock? That's not always true, though. I mean, usually it's like the eighth or ninth episode, but with Joffrey's death, that was death. That, that was, was number, season uh, four, that was like, episode yeah. two. Like, that it happened very early, early, early on. Early in the epi- yeah, early in yeah, the season. Yeah, so, we, I mean, we see some pretty, you know, important things, you know, at various points throughout the season. I think episode three is where we're going to see some significant deaths. Um, you know, and that's but don't what, you but don't you feel like you're you're going to be cheated a little bit to have so many of them stacked on one another? I understand Keith's point about the red wedding, but the one the, the death that stands out the most is Catelyn Starks for me. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, I understand Rob was the king of the North and all that, but Catelyn's yeah. is the one that actually stands out to me. Mine was Littlefinger. Well, I'm talking I about did not see yeah. Littlefinger. I'm just talking about the red wedding, but you're absolutely right. Littlefinger was a really good death. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ned's was like the biggest one to me. Yeah, I mean, they spent right. the entire first season developing him. This, and then um, Eric, I'm forgetting his last name, is already like a re- really popular actor. So I just mm-hmm. didn't expect that to happen. Like, I just, yeah. He and dies that, in everything, though. Right. And But that's my <laughs> point. That's my point that we didn't, there's, there's so many characters that I think are going to die in this season. Yeah. I, I want them all to have their own episode where it's like, <gasps> I didn't well, see that one coming. there's not enough time for that. I mean... Yeah. I figure one character. You asked about the surprise, so yeah. that was your question, right? So mm-hmm. I think. Or the what the be, fuck moment was my question. Well, the yeah. last question you were like, what do you kind of expect to see for the season, right? 
I thought, well. Sure. Sure. We just jump on it. We just right. jump on so it. I, just, I, just, I, just, I think it's the sisters ganging up on um, to kill Cersei. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, how do you, you think that's going to happen? I think that the sisters are going to form a partnership because John is being weak and they're going to navigate the space, but they have, in order to gain the resources and, you know, continue their family name, they have to get rid of her. That's interesting. But if we're going to go along with the prophecy, it's either going to be Tyrion or, J- Tyrion or Jamie that kills her. Or. So I could see them building or, an alliance. Or. Or. Yeah. or yeah. Say Jamie gets killed up in Winterfell. Arya and takes Arya face. takes his face and goes down, and kills Cersei, yeah, crosses the name off of her list. Yeah, that so that, that way too. both Keith, Keith's, uh, Keith's idea works and the prophecy's fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. You did. You you might be getting out of the Johnson family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one question I did want to ask, though, um, other than the question that Keith just invented, um, <laughs> what what betrayals do you see happening? Because there are so many opportunities for them here. Well, obviously, John betrays Danny because he didn't bend the knee knowing he was to. actually the rightful. He's the got rightful to. Heir to he's got to. Yeah. And what? How is that fallout managed? Right. He's got to. He has to. Yeah, he has to because if 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 it's if it's uh, brought out that he actually is the uh, half Stark, half Targaryen, the true heir to the Iron Throne, and he's deferring to Danny. Oh, I mean, you're going to lose yeah. the North and everybody else. Yeah, and, and Sam, even Danny wouldn't be able to take the throne. Sam and Bran both know that. Now. Yes. So one of them is going to tell somebody else. And I be- so I don't see um, John making that decision. I see it, see it being forced on him. But here's another. Th- but here's another thing. What, what Sam said. Remember, he said, "I want my uh, my pardon." Yeah. Because he stole some books, right? So he actually has the books mm-hmm. that show that uh, that that there was an annulment be- between Le- uh, what was her name and, and Dorne. Yeah, Leanna Stark. Well, that 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 Rhaegar and Leanna were actually married. Yeah. yeah. So, but what I was going to say is the the his actual marriage between the the lady and Dorne and him yeah. was 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 an oh, annulment. No, yeah. Yeah. So he actually has documented proof that this actually took place. Right. So. Yeah. It's not like it's Nobody just his words. Right. Yeah. And then I think everybody is kind of trusting Brand's weird prophecies. <laughs> um, I think the betrayal, I see a couple of betrayals. Um, I think Tyrion is going to betray Danny. <sighs> um, I really I see it coming. Um, I, I think that he's kind of slowly started losing respect for her uh, based on some of her um, Mad King type decisions. And then I really do think that. If I continue on with my thought that now that he is a Lannister, he still has a significant amount of loyalty to his family. And his brother is now in Winterfell with him. He loves the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then if he really believes that Cersei is pregnant, he really, he's even Joffrey's evil ass. He loved him, you know, and the daughter whose name we can't remember, and Tommen. <laughs> um, so I, I could see Tyrion betraying Danny to support his family. What do you do with the dragons? What? John got the dragons. John has. I don't think the dragons have anything. Yeah, to he's a Targaryen, right? Yeah. I think you know what Arya. I see Arya betraying John. Okay. I think she's going to do what she feels is right mm-hmm. um, because she weak. sees. Yeah, because she sees that John's kind of you know off in, in Danny's camp and he's not being loyal to the family. I can see Arya doing something. You know to. Uh, you didn't have to, to, be, to do it. So right. You, you exactly. And and it, and I'm not saying that she's going to kill him, but I can see her. You know, since they have Jamie in the camp, and if, and if she is actually going to be the one who takes down Cersei, I can see her killing John. You know, against not John, uh, Jamie against John's orders, and 
and doing her own thing. And I, I know I know Raven's probably going to ask about uh, ideas for the next episode, but I, I she actually touched on a nice point though. How do we think Jamie's reception to Winterfell is going to be handled by everyone who sees him? Right? Are they going to trust him? No, absolutely not. Yeah, that's going to have to be brokered by Tyrion. Right. You remember the uh, the last time he you know when he got captured he actually killed a couple of the uh, the Karstarks and that's what caused the division between the Starks and the Karstarks. Right. So I'm sure that they still remember. You know the North has a long memory. Yeah. Well, not really, but yeah. <laughs> but my, 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 that's an interesting point. So 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 Jamie shows up in Winterfell. Yeah. He has thrown Bran off of a tower. <laughs> so because to stop him, tell me banging his sister. He's, he's murdered several Karstarks. He's uh. He, he, uh, he orchestrated uh, Catelyn and Rob's murders yep. along with um, the Boltons. He had a he had a sword fight with Ned in the middle of King's Landing, uh, and it had to be basically restrained. I mean, so not not to mention that you know there's a there. It, well, I guess he knows that um, Oleana uh, actually killed uh, Joffrey, but I mean there 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 are tons of things of beefs. Oh, he tried to kill Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, and then he had killed Daenerys' father, so Daenerys has an actual King, beef against yeah. him. Yeah, she says that in the previews. Yeah, like, yeah. No allies. My brother's not dreamed up the ways we would kill, you know, the man that murdered our father. Yeah, so I mean, like, he showed up to this fucking so, spot. Like, so right. then why would he be there? So what purpose does he serve? That, once again, back to my earlier statement, because he Bold. has balls. Yeah. But he has balls. He I has, get that. But he, he has. How does he further the he story? Has heavy ball this bag balls. But what? How <laughs> does he warn further? them? Yeah, he's gonna warn them that, that Cersei's not gonna help them. Very good point. Very very good point. I mean, that's, that's, I mean they all. I mean, Sansa already had, you know knows. But that. no one else does. But that's no one else believes. That's him. not. But that's not why he left. No. When him, he and Cersei had that conversation at the end of season seven. He said, "You gave an oath. I intend to honor it." Yeah. And so he, he doesn't he, have anybody with him. Yeah, though. he didn't. He didn't. He didn't go Any because he didn't go because the snitch on Cersei. He went because he thought that what she promised them in that meeting was worth fighting for. Yeah. And he showed up at a place where he was surrounded by enemies for no other reason for that. Cersei and has- I can't. I can't go so far as to say it was honorable, <laughs> but I am saying that it is admirable. Yeah. If that happens, then Cersei has to kill Jamie, right? She has other Switching stuff to worry about. Yeah, she, yeah. she's trying to get that baby popped out. I mean, right. I mean well, 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 also in the episode, in the episode, she asked Bron to murder yeah, both of them. Yeah, that was going to be one of my other So she did put a hit out. Yeah. So she did put a hit out on both of them. So yeah, I'm saying I that. I mean, yeah, whether she th- has to or not, we don't know. She yeah. intends to. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that Bron is going to follow through? Hell with no. Hell yeah, no, no. he so, likes Jamie too much. He likes Tyrion he does too like much. Jamie and Tyrion. And Tyrion yes. Yeah, and it's just interesting that they can't film scenes together. So she had to they <laughs> they had to create this scene with him fucking these whores, right? And Clyburn going in there and asking him because Cersei can't ask himself since ask herself since these actors can't film scenes together, which I just that's pretty really awesome amusing. actually. I, I forgot that about really? that. That's a real yeah, thing. no, that's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, they just hate each other that much. Yeah, yeah so they should the be in a relationship. That oh, plays right. Ron and Lena. That uh, is right. Lena Headley. 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 Whatever her name is. Yeah, they don't get along because they had a relationship at some that point. So hilarious. they have it written into both of their contracts that they can't money. film scenes together. That's hilarious. They're not met. They're both still doing fine. So they're yeah. Yeah. They HBO is honoring you. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, they made I mean, it to the last yeah, they, season. Yeah, they popped their collar for that. So you know, I'm not knocking hustles out here. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Bron's gonna follow through with that either. 
Yeah, yeah so I, mean, I like, is Bronze gonna that. betray Cersei? Yes. Right, but is it really but a betrayal was, it's though? Not. It's like, yeah, you, you, someone ask, someone asking you to do him a favor and promise yeah. you stuff. You well, don't he's do. committed the to the Lannisters. I mean, he's committed himself to her at this point. Right. Well, he committed himself to the Lannisters, mm-hmm. he, and specifically, he committed himself to the two Lannisters she's asking him to kill mm-hmm. uh, because they don't shoot scenes together. There's no unless he's unless we're saying that acknowledgement of the crown is committing himself to her because they don't can't shoot scenes together. There's no reason to believe that he has any loyalty to her. His loyalty is to Tyrion and Jamie, but whom he said, has some type of kinship. But Scott, with. he said he's loyal to the money. I mean, he, I mean that's what he it. said. I, I agree I mean, with you. I sure. think he does have a friendship there, yeah. and he also said that I guess Jamie gave him some money and then actually took it back or whatever. So, mm. you know, oh. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, 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 here's the thing. I think you no, know, not fighting the mountain for Tyrion is a different thing than saying. You know, I want you to die. Right. And more, it's de- very different than saying, I want you to die and I want to accept money to kill you by my own hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. no one does a hit on, on you and then accept the money not to say anything. Mm-hmm. It's different than saying, I'm actually going to be the one who's going to look you out. And based on, because the thing is, presumably, the position he would be in to kill them both is based on the friendship and the kinship he has with them. But yeah. we got to go so, back. We got to go back. You really mean to tell me that Bron and and Cersei actually had a relationship in real life? In real life, yeah, in real Hold life. On, that dude outkicked the coverage. I mean, like <laughs> seriously, like this dude for real? I mean, no, I mean, come on, you look, Scott. I think you're looking at it Scott. wrong. I think you're looking at it wrong. I don't see how else I can look at this. She's a heterosexual woman. She got to date somebody. He said, "Why yeah, not me?" Yeah, but that dude. But Bron, <laughs> he said, but "Why Bron? not me?" Raven, can I get you to jump in here? Yeah, Bron, I would. I wouldn't date Bron. Bron. But- I mean, I wouldn't date Cersei. Cersei's a cute chick. Yeah, Lena Headey is pretty. Yes, Bron is not. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I mean, look, dude, Bron, Bron, if you listen to this brother, see, I got your back. Pass. I'm faded with you. you know what I mean? All right, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm just, I, yeah, I just needed a moment there, man. I just needed who, to make sure that who I was knows? Who, we on, first off, you're presuming that Cersei or uh, Lena Headley is shallow. You know what I'm saying? Bronco be walking around here with a trust fund. He can walk around here with 13 inches. You know what I'm saying? I guess. He can have have iceberg slim level mouthpiece. We don't know what gets her goat. All we know is that he got her goat. So who am I to judge she like? Love you love. All right, man. I guess, dude. All right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not convinced that Bron's gonna betray Tyrion and Jamie, but I do why see you, him dying such a big as a result. Um, Look at this poor guy. Hey, Sorry about we're, that. We're recording a podcast here. Yeah. Right now, wine is more important because we I, drink and we know. I drink. And I do have a question. One, one question as a new guy again. Uh huh. So what's right, Johnson family? What's, yeah. What's uh, Euron's role? Euron. Euron. Yeah. What's his? How does his character develop? Euron wants early? to be the king. Yeah. So he's out Any on the ocean. He's, he's watching, waiting to see what's going to pop. He's doing so whatever his, he has yeah. to do to please Cersei so he can be her king because right. he thinks that she's eventually going to take the Iron Throne. Not figure out how to kill her off. He, well, no, he feels he had a better shot with Cersei than he right. had with Danny. Yeah, because that so, was his original plan. He yeah, said he, he was going to gonna ride. Danny. He said he was going to ride to Dragonstone and get Danny yeah. and. and that didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out for him. So he decided, well, let me go over here with Cersei instead. So he sits back and he just kind of lets yeah. it develop. Yeah. 
he's going to do whatever he has to do to help her succeed. That's one question I did have for you all that have read the books. Cersei kept talking about these damn elephants. Do they have some relevance in the books that HBO like just couldn't make it happen because of budget or? Like, I don't. I don't really remember elephants being playing a significant role. You read the books? Yeah. I have, but I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Really. Yeah, she was so disappointed that the gold company didn't send her elephants. I'm like elephants, like. Okay. Yeah, they probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's mentioned it in the show. I don't recall the books enough uh, to talk about elements at any reasonable level, but I do think it was a clever way to edit out what she mentioned in the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, elephants are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess maybe if people were expecting it. And, and you what, know. what they shooting were Iceland and. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they actually shot in Croatia too, which I yeah. did get to see this summer, and it was so exciting to see what's going on. Was it Croatia? Things. Yeah, I was in Croatia this past summer. Shut up, Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, so it was really really cool. Um, but yeah, no, they were shooting in yeah in uh, New Zealand, Iceland, Croatia. places that aren't elephants basically though. Yeah, yeah, where elephants are not. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so I guess if people who've read the books are expecting elephants, HBO nah. was letting y'all know they ain't coming. They spent all so. their money on uh, Nymeria and ghosts. I bet. Well, yeah, they weren't even in the first episode. So. <laughs> I know they spent all the money on that on that dragon ride. Yeah. Man, I got a ghost at home. They could just they could use Turk for ghost. <laughs> Turk, yeah. Uh, Shay and Scott's uh, dog does look like ghost. Um, one other question I had: um, the house House Glover refusing to join um, John and Sansa and um, Danny. What is the significance of that? I mean, is that going to play a role later yep. on? I see how. Does that mean they're going to join Cersei, or are they just nah. sitting back chilling? They, they're just sitting back chilling. They don't want to take part in this. They already, they've already been a, a part of too many wars. So just like uh, Umber House was overrun with White Walkers, mm-hmm. I can see yeah. Glover's house being overrun with White Walkers too. Yeah. That so I wonder if like that's the first place the White Walkers are going to go. Is that yeah. what we're going to see, or are we going to see more people fall out and not support John because of the way they perceive his relationship with Danny, or what they see to come after the the war I mean you're an interesting question I mean I, okay, so without logistically knowing the position of those houses yeah. in the north uh-huh. uh, I can't say anything definitively um, I do think there is a potential from a narrative perspective uh, to create a level of uncertainty about John bending the knee uh, only to have it overcome by learning that he is the rightful heir to the throne by being of Targaryen blood and then forcing John's hand to um, disavow Danny's claim uh, because of his own claim, yeah. and that creating and assuming that the war with the whites is done in two or three episodes, <laughs> uh, create you know create yeah, some yeah. some level of uncertainty. I think that gives him a, a, a narrative and logical out uh, for that for John. Um, but I mean, I, I think it would be although interesting, cheap. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it's a cheap window to let open because. As a viewer, and I admit that my my ideals are a little bit different than everyone else's, I feel like there's just too much urgency on the, the battle of the living and the dead mm-hmm. to really care about the semantics of who's in charge. Uh, you know, some, some, but then again, I'm not, I'm, I don't really back uh, royalty. <laughs> so that's not, that's not something that's really native to me. So blah, blah, blah. Anybody else? I'm just trying to look up where House Glover is right now. <laughs> no, it seems interesting. You guys were talking about 
there might be there's one more book, right? At there's least, at least, yeah, there's at probably least. a couple more. There's probably two, yeah, because so, you know how the books they only focus on a certain set of characters, and then the other book will set. Up. So I would assume there's probably at least two, probably so three. Like books. To me, it, it's going to follow like a, a almost a Star Wars pattern where you have to have the next generation or something. So maybe Danny is pregnant, or and John dies, then that's the next person that's going to be on the throne or something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spare everybody two hours of me ranting and not address anything about Star Wars. So this yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The trailer is. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna bring a completely different set of dynamics and anger into. Right, sorry this about discussion. that. Okay, so just looking at the map briefly. So yep. um, House Glover is in Wolfswood, which is north of Winterfell. So it could yep. very well be that the White Walkers are gonna go there first. Hold on. Now, do you know? Do you see where where House Umber is? Is it close to? Because remember, that's where they ended on uh, this past episode. Mm-hmm. They hit they hit House Umber. I wonder if Umber is on the way to uh, Glover. Because like, I mean, because it seems like Wolfswood. Yeah, so that's where um, I, I would think that it was because you remember the uh, you got the people who survived the wall. The Mormont. Nice well, this watch. is also interesting. The Mormont Keep on Bear Island is also north of Winterfell. Yeah, but mm. all those people are all fifty of them. They're are all, down, all. They're all, all at Winterfell. Sixty-two yeah. of them. They're all at Winterfell. Well, that's the sixty-two soldiers. Did she bring all her people there? Well, too? but remember, you know, a couple seasons ago, the um, John was trying to train every kid. You know. yeah. That's true. So yeah, he, I right. think he's just—they just consolidating forces. They're bringing everybody into Winterfell. So if you're not in Winterfell already, you just SOL. So you, I mean, as you say, a reasonable expectation is that this is called a triple. Yeah. So you know, you're talking about 186 people. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's not—that's not too many people to bring back to Winterfell. No. Particularly if you think it's going to be more food and rations there. Yep. So it's possible. I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, I'm not immediately seeing where House Umber is. is. Yeah, Glover is north of Winterfell. See, yeah. Okay. I, I'm just curious if it's close to the wall. Okay. All right. So lots of interesting stuff to come. So yeah, we got five days, four days until the next episode. So yeah. we'll be back next Tuesday to discuss again. Feel free to uh, leave your comments. Uh, Scott and I are going to do our best to try to upload this episode and and get it to uh, Daryl. The main thing Daryl told me he wanted to do was shout out to Drogon because he still thinks that he's going to be <laughs> sitting on the Iron Throne. Drogon for um, life. Yeah, and he said that that look that he gave um, John and and uh, uh, that the look that he gave John when he was making out with Danny was like you know look bro this shit ain't going to turn out like you expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my so, piece. Yeah, so send us your comments. Uh, We hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Peace.